Welcome back to the Quantum Health Recipe Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rhett Kinney, and my co-host, Darcy Jones. We want to say thank you for tuning in. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Tyler. I don't know Tyler's last name. What's your Green. name? <laughs> Green. It's appropriate. And who and who are you uh, with, or who do you represent there, Tyler? Uh, owner and operator of Sunwatch Homestead Farm. So Tyler, is um, he's a local homesteader and the regenerative farmer. We're happy to have him in uh, to talk about what he does and um, what he thinks about farming. We'd like to first kind of get to know Tyler a little bit. Tyler, would you mind just kind of tell us your story? Where have you been? Why are you into this? Why are you into this field? Why do you do the farming thing? Um, it's, it's, it's what I've always wanted to do as a kid. Um, pretty much all along the way, I was uh, dissuaded out of it. Uh, most most all my family and friends and everybody else thought there was better paths in life in in the 2000s i suppose um so i went to school for something totally different graduated and kind of slowly came home and and started farming from there like on the small scale and saw a need uh with the local food and everything and just continued to grow and fill that need what what, what was the what was the need specifically or, or what, what problems? I mean, I, I imagine you, you got into it because, like you said, you saw a need. But what, what exactly did you see that was the problem that you wanted to solve? I think my own problem was that, um, you know, I didn't want to eat grocery store food. I wanted to eat better quality food myself. And I also wanted to farm. And so, I, you know, I started raising food for myself. And then I, I basically saw that in the local food environment that, you know, it's pretty expensive for the most part. And like by and large food, it, it should be more expensive than it is in the grocery store. Uh, no doubt about that. But I felt like there should be some in between and like grocery store prices and what a lot of other local foods uh, outlets had, whether it was, you know, uh, a co-op in Lexington or uh or, or just other people at the farmer's market. And uh, I think as a frugal shopper myself, I kind of wanted to fill that void mm-hmm. of uh, more affordable, high quality local food. Uh, That's great. Um, we, uh, so I, we have lots and lots of questions for Tyler here. Um, Darcy, did you want to start us off with any, any particular questions uh, for Tyler? I think for me specifically, I'm, I'm you know, t- Tyler, isn't isn't just run of the mill type farmer. Tyler is is trying his best to do uh, the rege- regenerative thing. And so, for those that are listening or have listened to, to to episodes in the past, might not know what that means. So, my first question would be, yeah. what is regenerative farming? Like, what does that mean? Um, how how is your operation different than anybody else's? I think first and foremost, like we, we put thought into just that, like how, how sustainable are we? And so, you know, in the last 80 or more years, like agriculture is typically uh, not really put a great deal of thought on, on that outside of the financial side of it. And so therefore, like we, you know, we have cattle in one place and grain in another and we ship each back and forth and it's just kind of a, a weird system um you know lots of diesel fuel spent each year to to do that and in the end like 
you know, there, there's other options, I suppose. And uh, better methods of producing higher quality fee food that um, isn't so impactful on the environment itself. Yeah, it really, it really helps save the soil. Am I, am I correct by saying that? Yeah, like when, when done properly. I mean, you see so many fields these days that, you know, you go buy them one year and they've got soybeans in them. You go buy them another year and they've got corn in them. And, you know, each year they're spraying some type of or, or putting down some type of fertilizer on them. And they're spraying herbicides and pesticides and this and that. And uh, all that's really detrimental to the soil health where, you know, we rotationally graze our cattle. We follow them with our sheep. Uh, there's chickens in that mix generally as well. Uh, very, very little external inputs going into the farm. Um, which is amazing, which is amazing. Um, one thing I will add to that, though, is that, you know, in that, like, we're we're improving we're improving the farm we're improving the soil and therefore like you know our our farm has probably more abundant wildlife now than it did when you started yeah when i started and and my neighbors farms that that do the soybeans the corn the this and that you know their wildlife populations i mean they, they get deer <laughs> don't get me wrong <laughs> the deer love it but but the diversity of the wildlife is bound to decline over time Talk about microorganisms, man. I did this soil. We need to go over there and put a little bit of that soil on our hands, don't we, Rhett? Absolutely. You know, that's one of my favorite things there. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, jump, I'd, I'd be the first one to, to jump in the mud if I if I uh, had an opportunity to do so. But I think, so what I'm hearing Tyler, from Tyler and, and what I've heard before, you know, there's there's quite a bit of runoff as far as um, our, our uh, ecology, our, our planet goes a lot of the a lot of our soil and stuff is running off into our streams into our oceans uh, we're lo- losing topsoil so to speak what's interesting about the regenerative farming method is it is a way to actually stop that to halt that and also to reduce the amount of uh, like you said herbicides uh, pesticides stuff like that it's a way to farm without using those inputs Am I right? Am I right in that? That's correct. And then, and, and, and do you have any other thoughts about the runoff as far as that being a problem um, and how regenerative uh, farming is, um, is set to actually try to solve some of that, those problems? Um, as far as runoff goes, there, even with our commodity farmers these days, there's been a lot more emphasis put on that. And so, you know, one thing that, that everybody, like even my customers come out that notice is like cover crops these days. And so our own extension offices and everything have done a really good job trying to express how bad this runoff is and, and the loss of our topsoil. And so even our more conventional farmers are doing a lot more to, to help against that by using cover crops and stuff, which of course, if you never disturb the soil to start with, you don't have to plant a cover crop. Um, but the, you know, the degradation of the topsoil is definitely a problem it's with a big deal. conventional farming yeah well this kind of this kind of brings me into a few more questions for you so you're a great regenerative farmer you know i go out to your farm because i love it i usually come pick things up just because i like coming out there man it just feels right um (laughs) when i see your animals every everything's great you know when you come out to tyler's farm he's got his chickens on a big big old hay wagon with solar panels and it's it's a wonderful place to go to 
But, you know, I kind of want to talk about um, the genetics when it comes to marbling cattle off the grass. Because a lot of people are confused also on what grass-fed cattle means. And then let's discuss also marbling them off grain. Because, you know, everybody has this sense now that, that grain is horrible. But you and I both know that there's a time and place for the use of grain in animals. And that, you know, sometimes maybe our chickens can't get all the nutrients they need always from grass. Now, at your farm, they probably can, but where I live, it's difficult. So let's just, we'll jump into why grass-fed, you know? Um, I guess grass-fed has a lot to do with my desire to be regenerative. Yes. Um, Would be one, but I think there's something just really cool about the fact that, you know, I can make this protein out of nothing but grass that grows from my ground. That, you know, the meat that I brought you in the cooler today, that beef is nothing but grass. There's no, there's no grain that was shipped in from Indiana that I don't know the history of. It's, it's straight grass from my farm and maybe a little bit of mineral. Yeah. Uh, Mineral be really the only input that I have. Um, As far as like marbling on grass, it's, it's, very genetic dependent. Uh, certain types of cows do way better on grass than others. Uh, I think, you know, as an industry, we found that smaller frame cattle tend to do better on grass and with less inputs. Um, that said, marbling isn't everything. And we've, we've learned that like marbling is a good indicator of, of a good steak. hundred percent like a ribeye or something. Right. Right. But that said, just because you don't see marbling doesn't necessarily mean that steak's going to be tough. Would you, would you mind real quick, just kind of defining marbling? What does that mean? Cause marbling, I have no clue. Marbling is actually just intermuscular fat. Intermuscular fat. So you can actually see that on a steak steak. Generally. Okay. So, um, you know, different, different breeds deposit fat differently. Some breeds will deposit more fat on the, the outside of the carcass. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see that maybe like in a, in a breed that comes from a colder climate. Um, other animals tend to put that fat inside the muscle itself, more like a, you know, if you've seen Kobe beef or a Wagyu type beef, you know, they're, they're genetically designed to, I shouldn't say designed, but they're, they've been bred for generations Mm -hmm. to, to put fat inside the muscle instead of on the outside. Uh, and they just, they fatten easily anyway. So, um, you know, we, we prefer to finish our cattle on grass. We're not, we do finish some on grain each year and we do that with a non GMO, uh, grain that's, uh, you know, of a, a mixed ration. Um, certain animals that they're going to require grain. I mean, like, like pigs and chickens, like to keep them on their, their healthiest, uh, you know, as, yeah, as, as nutritionists and everything, you know, yeah. certain animals that they require certain things and, you know, it would take thousands of acres to raise pigs with no grain inputs. I mean, and you'd have to have, you know, hardwood forests with lots of nuts and yeah things of that nature. But, you know, pretty much, uh, like, like cattle and our sheep, they're the only two animals we have that can, can make it totally without grain and be fat and healthy. Yeah. You know? 
And, and, and that's what I see a lot. And I, and I think that, you know, our, our listeners just people need educated when it comes to regenerative farming, to to nutrition and, and understanding what this means, because it's animals are just like humans. You know, they require a certain amount of nutrition and grass and the soil and insects can't always provide them with all the nutrition they need because we have bred them as farm animals because let's just be honest these are these are domestic animals at this this point these aren't you know deer um, these aren't you know squirrels they they need some some other things and, and we're expecting them to perform on a somewhat on a schedule you know yeah. like squirrels can mature at their mm-hmm. rate or a deer can mature <laughs> yeah. at its rate and if you want to shoot it you're not going to shoot it until it's mm-hmm. that size where in the in the farm world you know we sort of have expectations in that, you know, if, if a, yeah. if a beef's born tomorrow, two years from now, we expect to be harvesting that beef if it's on yeah. grass only. Yeah. And as far as the, you know, using a little grain in the finish of a beef, like it's still way more sustainable than that animal receiving a grain ration every single day of its life or being on free feed, you know, from the time it was a, a weaned calf on. Uh, so, you know, I still think that you can be sustainable and finish some cattle on grain, you know, if, if if you have that desire. That said, I don't think that, you know, if you can do a good job with grass-fed beef, um, the grain finish isn't nearly as important. And I think the problem we've had with grass-fed beef is that so many people have just had a bad experience with it because the, the person that was raising it rushed it or whatever, but it, you know, it, it wasn't a finished beef when they, when they killed it. And therefore, somebody tried it, and they immediately got a bad taste for this tough piece of grass-fed beef or whatever. And you know, you can get a tough piece of meat anywhere. Doesn't mean that you should not give another one a try. And so, uh, you know, I think finding a farmer that does grass-fed beef that does grass-fed beef well is very important to all of this. And the people that are prematurely killing beefs that aren't finished are going to hurt the rest of us and hurt the grass fed image. I heard the the same is also true for, for offal or for um, the uh, these different animals like their different organs, for example, that that we we, we eat, for example, liver and, and heart and different things like that, which I love. Um, but they do taste different sometimes. I've actually heard a lot of times it just depends on on how that animal is treated. It, you know, hundred percent has a, has a potential sure. to to dictate taste, and so a lot of people end up, you know, that if they don't develop a taste or, or they've had, you know, one single um, bad experience, say with a, a liver that t- liver that doesn't taste well, tastes toxic or whatever, um, they should they should be open minded, give it a second chance potentially because it could just be that that, that animal was um, had a a really rough life you know <laughs> yes the, the yeah. liver's full of toxins so you know you want to if you're going to eat liver which i eat it every week um Rhett, Rhett made me realize that i become low on um, b6 and vitamin a so so liver gives me a lot of those those organ meats and everything uh but they're often left behind talk about collagen goodness when you're eating some parts of that animal you don't need any collagen powder i mean i got some on my shell but <laughs> <laughs> i had a farmer once try to sell me um uh, it was a friend friend of Tyler's actually tried to sell me a um, pig. It was like the 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 legs or the bottom the trotters they call them. Yeah, and and he was like, yeah, man, it's gonna make the the best broth. And I just didn't go for it because it just kind of grossed me out. But 
I would, you know, I have, I, I might, maybe I'd have to force my, or ask my, not force my wife, but ask my <laughs> wife to, to cook it for me or something. I have made the, I have made chicken uh, broth with chicken feet and that was delicious. It was one of the most, uh, it just gelatinous things I have ever made. It was awesome. But um, when we talk about healthcare in general, like this is the stuff that's going to provide uh, so much nutrition. Um, there's a, there's quite a bit of um, dysregularity as far as nutrition goes. For example, if you only eat muscle meats, if you only eat muscle meats and you neglect a lot of the other parts of the animal, um, you know there there is there's actually a ratio of uh, Darcy. I'm sure you're, you're familiar with this methionine and glycine. If you don't if you don't include other parts of the animal in your in your diet, you know you're going to run into uh, health related issues by just getting too much of one particular thing. There's like I said, there's actually a ratio between methionine and glycine that's created when you only when you're only seeking out a steak and you're never eating eating the any of the organ meats or or you know other parts of the animal. So that's that's what I've heard anyways and. Uh, that's what I continue to hear. Uh, let me be. Let me just. Uh, we actually got to wrap up. We're gonna uh, wrap up this episode. We're gonna come back with a uh, episode number two, and so stay tuned. But we're gonna continue our conversation with Tyler. And thanks so much for tuning in.